0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus
1: Pitch Podcast, your more pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. And I like and hate this rotation. Uh, obviously, I'm a McClanahan fan. However, I don't think I'm going to be drafting Shane McClanahan in any league this year. So let me go into this, last year obviously was a breakout year, 12-8 and record, 166 innings on the docket, 254 ERA, .93 whip, 30% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, it was everything that we wanted, right? The forcing room was such a liability before, and clearly it got fixed up, this changeup was introduced, it was, well not introduced, but tripled in usage from about 8-24%, to 24%. it was all there, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to likely avoid Shane McClanahan next year. Right-handers, McClanahan dominated. Uh, the changeup was used about 29% of the time against them. 24% swing strike rate. It was filthy. Uh, so were the two breaking balls, back foot sliders at 91, and then this huge hook that would go down. It's, it was just stupid. Then you have the the four-seamer going up to a 14% swing strike rate. Just all ridiculous batters were debilitated and demoralized facing Shane McClanahan. But left-handers, well, 46% hard contact allowed on that four-seamer against lefties. In short, I think McClanahan's 2022 season was because the changeup nullified right-handers, but he still doesn't have a solution against lefties. You might have seen the tweet I put out as I did this breakdown on the 12th of December. Sorry, 12th of January, I should say, saying that Shane McClanahan needs a sinker. Because his four-seamer is just bad against lefties. He doesn't use the changeup, So he has to rely then on the curveball and the slider. They're both good against lefties. The slider does good stuff down and away. But I want to see something more from this. This is clearly a problem. He doesn't even locate arm side often with that four-seamer against lefties. McClanahan just kind of throws the four-seamer in the middle of the zone. And it's not this refined approach against them. Maybe he does get a better approach with the 4-seam and it's okay. I just wanted to throw a sinker that goes inside to lefties. I think that's all he needs to do. Uh, some guys can't do it. Some guys get a sinker grip and they just are not able to, to locate and it just gets wild and everything. Fine. But I think that that is actually the solution here for Shane McClanahan to be better. He's saying, Nick, what are you talking about? 254 ERA, 0.93 whip, 30% rate. He doesn't need to be better. Well, for that to be sustainable this is a clear problem for McClanahan, and I want that to be fixed. Now, there's also the question about his health. McClanahan last year was doing all these wonderful things, and August comes around and he has a shoulder impingement. And then he comes back from it after two weeks in the IL and has a neck spasm. And I think what happened in September for McClanahan was the Rays were like, hey, all right, take it easy. We don't want you to To be rushing back from this, if there's a problem, we don't want you to really overwork yourself. So he wasn't as good in September, but playoff time showed up. Seven innings, two earned runs, five strikeouts, and he was himself. I'm not really worried about the health of Shane McClanahan, as others are, because it was an impingement, not a tear for the shoulder. And McClanahan's next spasm to me, honestly, was a reaction to the shoulder impingement, right? That doesn't seem like it's something that's just going to appear, and that is the story moving forward. So, yeah, I think they're just going to let him go every five days. And I remember this time last year, we were talking about McClanahan only going five innings for the Rays. Well, they rectified that. They let him go six constantly in 2022. So, McClanahan for 2023, I am interested, but I am worried about the left-handed stuff. And maybe the Rays are still a little worried about uh, pushing him too hard. Maybe the health is still in question and it's just too much stuff that I'm going to have McClanahan outside of my top five for 2023. I have, I think, two guys that I'm just targeting um, in Carlos Rodon and Luis Castillo that I would just rather get them at their price points than McClanahan. Uh, Luis Castillo is a couple rounds later and I think that's just like the biggest steal of your drafts. But this isn't McClan- this isn't the Seattle Mariners. Go listen to that yesterday. <laughs> um, this is our two days ago. This is Shane McClanahan. Uh, let's continue now with Tyler Glasnow. And I'm not drafting Tyler Glasnow either. 6.2 innings yes- uh, yesterday. Last year, 135-year But it doesn't really matter what the stats were. You saw Sh- uh, <laughs> Shane McClanahan. Tyler Glasnow returned from Tommy John. Uh, and he looked fine. He looked like his normal self. But the normal self is, command is weird, right? And if you really scrutinize what made Tyler Glasnow so good, well, remember 2020 had a 4-plus ERA, and then he threw uh, about, what, 88 innings in 2021 before Tommy John hit. Um, that is, the sticky stuff was removed. He tried to do too much of the ball. He talks about gripping it too hard, and that messed up his elbow. And thus he had Tommy John, and he kind of was just upset at the whole league for giving him Tommy John. What I'm going to say is a couple things. One, he had a successful year, but how much is the st- sticky stuff going to affect that? Two, his four-seamer gets hit too hard. And this is a big issue for him, is that he has a 70% strike rate with his fastballs. He just kind of shoves it in the zone. 30% hard contact rate. It's not an elite four-seamer. We like to think it is because it comes in really hard, but it isn't. Now, his breaking stuff is elite and missing bats and chase rates and all that kind of stuff. But it's still around 60% O oh swing or sorry, 60% strike rate when it does work. And I I think it opens the door for too much volatility for Tyler Glasnow overall. This was this was 2021, I'm talking about. And even as he was doing it, it felt as if some days he it was amazing, it was great, and he had it, the slider introduction, having that 60% strike rate slider, and then also the uh, the curveball becoming more of a thing as well. The, these are good things. But I still don't feel like Tyler Glasnow is a finished product. And because of that, we're looking at this year ahead and we're seeing, okay, I think the command is still kind of weird. And the fastball is not as elite as I want it to be. And he still doesn't get enough strikes on the secondary pitches. At least when we last saw him in full. How much is the sticky stuff going to affect him? He pitched 6.2 innings last year. How many innings can we actually trust Tyler Glasnow to go when he's never thrown 115 major league innings in a season? Never. He, would have, he was having injury problems before Tommy John. And then you have him being on the Rays. That is clearly not going to say, yeah, go six, seven innings. Go, go all the time. So I'm not saying that Tyler Glasnow isn't going to be productive for your teams. I think per inning, you're going to be happy with Tyler Glasnow. But... Do you want to spend a top 100 pick on a guy that we don't know how much volume he's going to get and how good he's going to be as still in question? Strikeouts will be there. You will, will have a strikeout rate above 25%, y'all. But how bad is the E-rate going to be? Uh, is his whips going to be 105 or is it going to be more like 110, 115 as the walk rate probably goes closer to 8-9% again? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's probably not going to be 115 I think the hip or not is still going to be good because of the breakers. Yeah, Tyler Glasnow is not really the guy that I want to go for here. Um, and I think it's too much of a risk when you have so many good studs to go for instead. Um, he's not the one with how 12-team drafts are going. I kind of skip over Tyler Glasnow and a couple of the guys around him. But there are three others here that are very intriguing. Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, Zach Eflin. I'm going to talk about all of those after this
0: break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. I don't know what order to put these in. I'm just going to do Jeffrey Springs
1: first. 246 ERA, 107 whip, 26% K rate, 5.6% walk rate. Yes, that's a 21% K minus walk rate, essentially, which is insane across 135 innings last year for Springs. Came out of nowhere. He finally got the starting job in May and ran with it, never hit his wall. And I got to wonder is this going to stick? I think none of us truly expect a 246 ERA. That would be foolish. I don't think the K-rate's going to stick at 26%. The changeup is so good against right-handers. It looks beautiful. It is beautiful. And this is kind of like McClanahan, where Springs' four-seamer is so bad against lefties, and he doesn't throw the changeup against them. But McClanahan has a really good slider and a, ch- and a curveball, while Springs doesn't. The slider's fine, but it's not an elite pitch. It's not something we go, oh, wow, look at that slider. It, it isn't. It's really the changeup, and then against lefties... Well, Springs gets crushed. 46% hard contact yet again uh, on that four seamer against lefties for Springs' fastball. And then the slider is okay. And that's about it. So I, I'm, I'm a touch worried about Jeffrey Springs for next year. I still want to have him on my roster. I think overall you'll be happy with this. But I don't think it's going to be a strikeout rate above 25%. I don't think the whip is going to be under 110. I don't think the ERA is going to be under three. I mean, I don't think it's going to be under three, three or three, four, honestly. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of regression here for Jeffrey Springs. How much can he really squeeze out of that changeup? Can he develop a sinker or figure out how to use his four seamer a bit better? And is his slider going to improve? I mean, there are a lot of question marks here. For Jeffrey Springs, I do like the fact, and I should mention this at the beginning, the Rays are getting the Tigers and the Nationals the first two games of the year. Sorry, series. And when I talk about my draft strategy, when I have my four that I'm locked in on, after that, I do want to ensure that the guys I do pick up, I am starting in their first game of the year. I would be doing that with Jeffrey Springs. I'd be doing that with Zach Eflin, I'd be doing that with Drew Rasmussen. So all three of those are actually guys I would consider in my drafts. Now the question becomes... Do I go for Jeffrey Springs or who else is around? I think Springs is going a little too high for me, uh, where I'd rather go for, say, John Gray. I'd rather go for Pablo Lopez or Joe Ryan or Jesus Lazardo or so on and so forth. So I'm probably not going to have Jeffrey Springs in my teams, but Zach Eflin and Drew Rasmussen are a little bit more appealing uh, as I think they're all kind of similar. They do different things here, but they kind of are trying to be a Toby. I don't really think that the 26% K rate is going to stick for Jeffrey Springs. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, because I really think it's just too much reliant on that changeup against right-handers to get those strikeouts. And so against lefties, I'm not going to get them. And then is he going to have the same ability with the, with the changeup? I don't know. But I do like Jeffrey Springs' pitch separation for what it's worth. He does sliders down in glove side, changeups down and arm side, and four seamers up um, consistently. So he does do that, at least. But still, I'm a little bit weirded out. Uh, I'm going to go to Drew Rasmussen next because I think he's actually someone I could find myself rostering a lot. Which is surprising because I've been kind of out on Drew Rasmussen over the years. 11-7 record last year, 146 innings, 284 ERA, 104 whip, 21% K rate, 5% walk rate. Against lefties, Drew Rasmussen is actually amazing. Really good. What is it with raised pitchers that are bad against their same-handedness? I don't know. They don't throw sinkers, that's why, at all. They don't know how to do it. That's how you do it. You nullify with a sinker inside, arm side. That's it. Anyway, I uh, drew Rasmussen's cutter and four seamer. I- I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly how they do it, but they are absurdly talented at missing barrels off of lefties. It's just how it is 2.2% barrel rate on the cutter last year. He threw 33% of the time against lefties. Like they just can't do it. Four seamer is half of the league average as well. I think that's going to stick around. It's kind of always been Rasmussen's thing. I just have put my hands up and go, all right, I need to accept this as, as truth now. Rasmussen is really good at debilitating lefties with this. Now against righties, I think Drew Rasmussen still has work to be done here. Uh there are days, oh, there are so such good days when Rasmussen's able to put his slider down and glove side against righties, and oh he's able to have that 10 strikeout game against the Yankees, but then he just can't do it. The next three games don't even tally 10 strikeouts combined. That's a problem. So, I, I I like Rasmussen. I think he's worthwhile for your teams. Um, he kind of is a Toby, honestly. And that's alright. I'm fine with that. Especially, again, with the Tigers and Nationals first. I imagine it might be the Nationals that Rasmussen would get. I'm cool picking him up and starting him for that. Keep in mind, that is after the opening weekend. So, you may want to drop Rasmussen for something else. But don't... I don't think this is a breakout year for Rasmussen. I don't think that all of a sudden he's going to jump up to a 25% K rate. There's nothing, I mean, unless he really gets that slider down in a way with consistency um, and really starts getting whiffs on that, then maybe something can work out there. But I don't think the four-seamer is elite enough. I don't think the cutter is elite enough uh, against right-handers, and that's an issue. Um, Then there's Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin last year, 4-4 ERA, across 75 innings, one twelve whip, 21% carry, 5% walk rate. I'm really impressed with Eflin's command overall. Against lefties, generally that's when sinkers do not perform well. It's just how it is, right? You jam uh, same-handedness, and then you struggle against opposite-handedness. But Eflin did it right. You're supposed to put sinkers down and away, or front hip and surprise for a cult strike. I mean, down and away, as in, like, starting on the edge and then maybe going a little bit off to get the end of the bat. That's what Eflin did. He avoided it uh, in the middle of the plate a ton with it. Um, he had curveballs that were so good. 20% usage, finally. We actually really leaned into it a good amount. 3.7% hard contact rate uh, against lefties. It was really, really nice, what we saw with that. Right-handers were good, too. Um, didn't really jam as much as you want. ...for a sinker against right-handers... and ...as Zephalem went kind of down and in... ...as opposed to down and middle... ...or sorry, middle and in... um ...or, or up and in... ...and then he went backdoor down and away... ...which is fine... ...that's okay, I'm alright with that... ...but I think there is a little bit of room of improvement... ...if he does try and jam them... ...as far as the curveball goes... ...40%, 47% actually I should say... ...O swing on it, that's good... ...the other stuff, the cutter and the slider... ...I think is just generally good locations... ...it all works... 404 ERA essentially tells you look like he's going to try and do his best, but there are days that it's just not going to be there, and Eflin's going to get hit around. The sinker's going to find the middle of the plate, and it's just going to get hit more, and that's that. So I see Eflin possibly as this year's Toby um, for the Rays. They're going to let him start, I think. They're not just going to say, oh, five innings, here's the place of pitch maximization. I think with Eflin, they're going to say, look, we need volume. That's why we got you. Go and do as much as you possibly can. Uh, and good luck. <laughs> You'll get a decent amount of wins from being on the Rays as well. I think it's solid, especially with that early, uh, those early matchups. You'll likely enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all for Eflin at the end of your drafts, but honestly, he's not really the kind of guy that you want to go and get to rely on through the year. He could be the Toby of the year, but I think you just get him to fill out your opening weekend, and that's it. And Take it from there. Right? Don't really expect Eflin to be anything close to a 25% strike, everybody. Don't expect Eflin to be a 3 ERA. He's going to be fine. He's going to be a Toby. And we're okay with that when you have a really good matchup the first start of the year. As far as the other guys go for the Rays, there's really four pitchers, and I, I don't really care about any of them. There's Luisa Patino and Riani Chirinos, who both very minimally pitched last year. And I'm waiting for their opportunity to come in. But even if they get the opportunity, I'm not going to go after Patino and Chirinos. It's a wait and see for both of them. Josh Fleming had his moment last year um, with Caper Walk. Sorry, sorry, he had a 13 Caper 9 or so in his first two starts. That was because of sinker whiffs. And sinker whiffs are not something that was sustainable for Fleming. Even if he gets the opportunity, it's not like a Jeffrey Springs thing is gonna soar or whatever. Same with Patino and Charino I don't anticipate it. Very much a wait and see for these for Patino and Trinos. And then there's Taj Bradley, who did well in the minors, uh double A AA and triple A last year. Um double A was really good, 31% strikeout rate, six percent walk rate, while in triple A did a little bit worse, lower that strikeout rate to about twenty one percent, two percent drop or two point drop on the swing strike rate, maintain the walk rate. That's a wait and see, right? He's very young. Maybe the Rays get in a situation where they have, they have a lot of injuries and they say, you know what? We got to go with Taj Bradley and give him a shot. But that's a spec ad when the call happens, which might be a long time. But that's it. That's the Rays. Thanks so much for listening to these podcast. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, do the whole Pitchers Fantasy Baseball uh, podcast if you can. Uh, it goes a long way for us. I'd love to sh- hear what you think of the podcast, how we can be better. But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock and may your be below and your strikeouts high.